This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Yes, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Real Presence Live. We're glad you're with us today. Uh, we're rounding out the uh, segment this morning. Uh, and, uh, gee, we have a great, great guest in Father Bob Shea is uh, the pastor at St. Wenceslaus, and we are broadcasting from Fisher Commons area at Trinity High School in Dickinson, North Dakota. We just want to thank the uh, staff at Trinity High School for all your accommodations allowing us to come in and set up our studio, and it's been great to see the students, the smiling faces. Uh, Mrs. Uh, Amanda Ellerkamp is uh, my co-host here. And you got a lot of waves and smiles from students. Yeah, it's a lot of familiar faces, and they're just seeing me in a different space. It's convenient when we broadcast from here because my office is just at the top of the stairs. Yes, so. <laughs> just lot, go up to work. A lot easier than traveling to Bismarck like right? we used to do yeah, absolutely. years ago. So, absolutely. Uh, well, welcome, uh, Father Father Bob Shea. Well, well, thank you for having me. Yes, yes. It's uh, thank you for. Uh, carving out some time out of your busy schedule. I know you, you just got back, you, you just uh, had Mass at St. Wenceslaus uh, at 8.15. Um, you do a great job of talking to the kids. You come right down to the audience, and the, those arms are pumping and pumping. <laughs> they want to answer your question. It's just great. They're wonderful. Yes, indeed. Uh, so we have uh, Father Bob Shea, the pastor of St. Wenceslaus Parish in Dickinson. You also have a, a position with the diocese, Father Bob. I do. I do medical ethics with the diocese. Yes. And so the uh, bishop's delegate for that here yes. in Bismarck. Well, thank you for that uh, ministry as well. Um, well, tell us a little bit about yourself. You have a very interesting background uh, where you grew up. I, I know your homilies always, uh, oftentimes refer to you growing up with your brothers <laughs> in, uh, in Emmons County, is that right? Or? Down in Emmons County, yeah. 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 So just southeast of Bismarck, we grew up on a little family farm, just two miles north of Hazleton, which itself is just a little speck, 250 people, but grew up there with, uh, yeah, count them, uh, six <laughs> brothers and one sister, and yeah, life on the farm and with family and faith and it was just kind of in the soil but the priesthood which i've been a priest now in the diocese of bismarck for eight years wasn't something i even thought about at all until i was about 23 until i was back in grad school and so it was then that you know god really kind of moved in terms of nudging me toward opening my heart and considering that call and it's it's been eight years since I've been ordained, wow. and God has me here in Dickinson now as the pastor of St. Wenceslas, which I love. I love the people here. And yeah, every morning it's a, it's a real beautiful thing because the kids at Trinity East, the elementary there, they start their day with Mass. And so every morning I get to see their bright, shining faces, yeah, and yeah, I love it. I love them very much. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, now, the heart of the interview, as tagged by our programming, along with uh, some discussion with you, is, is called Eyes of Faith, how Christians are meant to see everything radically different from how the world sees everything. Um, now, let, let's just start with the, this talking point. Uh, is it important to view the world through the eyes of a Christian faith? If you're not viewing the, eyes, the world through faith, you're blind. Very good. You're absolutely blind. Um, because the Christian sees that there's more to this world than just the things that we see, than just the powers that seem to uh, be pulling the strings. But in fact, a Christian understands that there's this whole different reality. 
And they see through the eyes of faith this whole different reality at work, which is the spiritual reality, which is the far more important reality, actually. And it's the one in which we place our hope. And if you're not seeing through those eyes and you're going through life blind, you know, I think of the gospel we just had this weekend of Bartimaeus and that, yes, becoming a Christian and living that faith, Jesus gives us sight so we're able to see things as they truly are. But we need to be continually approaching him in that way, that we're, we're living in light of what Jesus has shown us, but we have to be continually coming to him, asking for that. Because the Christian, just to give one example, the way that we see the world differently from, the, from everyone else uh, who doesn't have the Christian faith is victory for us is the cross. Victory for us is the cross. How the world sees victory is very, very different. But the problem that can settle in is we can start playing by the world's mm. rules and we can start playing their game. We're playing a whole different game than they are in a different reality that we start thinking of victory as something else and we forget that it's in the cross that Jesus conquered and it's in the cross that we have our victory as well. And so you're blind if you're not seeing the world through those eyes of faith. Mm-hmm. And that viewpoint is very counterintuitive for us as human beings, right? And the society tells us it's all about comfort, right? And and getting my way. We talked at the beginning of, of our a broadcast this morning with Monsignor Richter about trust in God and how it's so countercultural that I wouldn't want my way, you know, that I would be willing to sacrifice, that following God doesn't always necessarily mean life is easy Yeah. in that. And that's very counterculture and counterintuitive to us, I think, as human beings, because we want comfort. Yeah. The whole Christian life is death of self. Yeah. The whole way that the world approaches life is I need to do everything I can to protect myself and to make things rotate around me. Where the Christian is, you know, I must be dying to myself continually within your vocation. So within marriage, within the priesthood, within uh, your vocation in terms of the work that you do, your apostolate in the world. Everything has to, all the fruit of it comes from dying to oneself. And for the world, that just, it's completely counterintuitive. So... What are some of the things that you observe, um, Father Shea, of how society is not living with the eyes of faith and um, perhaps some of the consequences of that and where that leads us? I'll focus that question down to the specific society of the church. And so how Catholics, because yes, I can, yes, the society point to all sorts of things, but just to focus it down on how are Catholics not living that way? We're living out of fear. There's so many Catholics right now who are in the grips of fear, mm-hmm. which is belaying a lack of, of real faith that God is willing to do something in this time. He is doing something in this time, but it's calling us to a much greater faith. And so how are we not doing it? We're living out of fear. Uh, there's a lot of self-pity among Catholics right now uh, in terms of looking out and seeing the state of the world, the state of our nation, the state of the church. And slipping into that world mindset of thinking that victory within that, we, we, we see it through a politic, political lens, both within our nation, that we think, and even though we know better, we know better, we still place our hope in like political elections, um, in judicial uh, you know, judgments, all these things. 
in which that's where we're really placing our hope if we get down and we're honest with ourselves. And so when these things don't happen, we slip into this self-pity. We're like Bartimaeus sitting by the road, not begging, not reaching out and yelling at Jesus, have pity on me. Instead, we just sit there and we sulk in our self-pity. Instead of living the Christian life, which is one of continually coming to Jesus and begging him and recognizing that the way that we see even what's happening in our nation, what's happening in the world, what's happening in the church, that it's God who's doing something in that. And what are we called to do in the midst of that? To live with uh, a radical faith, a radical hope, a radical love. And how are we not doing that? When we're not living with these eyes of faith, we become very short-sighted. And I think even short-sighted in terms of we become arrogant about the age in which we're living. Yes, there's real things happening now and we're very attentive to those and they're very troubling. But we can become arrogant thinking that our time is even in some ways so much worse than other times. I think of, you know, Friday we celebrate the feast of, of John Paul II. Mm-hmm. And here he was, you know, he, even in his personal life, he lost his mother at a young age and his whole family. And imagine growing up in Poland in the 1930s and 40s and into the 50s where you go from the Nazis coming in and slaughtering them, concentration camps. Imagine living in that time and what you think was going on within the world if you were just viewing it through your human eyes as opposed to um, John Paul II living in that time um, with faith. And even when he took over the papacy in the late 70s, what a horrible time in the church. Right. It was a disaster in the church in the late 70s. And yet, he's the one who George Wago in his biography speaks about him and he truly was because we know, we remember him as a witness to hope. Yes. As a witness to hope. And it's this truth of, you know, God raises up the greatest saints during dark times. And yes, is this a dark time? Sure it is. Is it darker than other times? Maybe, maybe not. Um, But what are we called to do in it? The same thing Jesus calls all of us to do, to live in a different way, to see that God is at work in the midst of this. And we can become very fixated. We can become very fixated just on these dark things that human beings are doing in the world. And we lose sight of the most important thing. And that's what God is doing right now. I love that you brought up uh, St. Pope John Paul II. He's a personal favorite of mine. But also, you know, alluding earlier to, you know, that we're living in fear and and to consider all that he went through, losing all of his family by like the age of 20 or 22, um, growing up with all he did, how many times, if you just read even his quotes, even on his writings, if he spoke of, be not afraid, do not fear, trust in the Lord, you know, it was this ongoing theme with him, which then explains that serene peace and, and joy that he had living with many, many crosses in his early life as well as his later life, but living through those eyes of faith and not out of fear. Yeah. He, he was radical, and he was radical in the way that he lived out his faith, his hope, and his love. Yeah. You know, Catholics today, sometimes they can see the issues, and they want to become, and they can become very radicalized in a not good way. But we are called to be radical in our faith, in the way that we see everything happening, in our hope, and what we hold on to, and the way that we love like, that's what the world needs to see is Catholics as radical in those three ways that God calls us to. Beautiful. Okay, folks, uh, uh, we have to take a break right now. Uh, don't go away. We'll be right back with more uh, Real Presence Live with Father Robert Shea. We'll be right back 
after this message. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. I would like to ask people to really sort of think about this, not only supporting Catholic radio, but supporting the church, supporting other charities in the church as well. It's all important. It's about saving souls, bringing people to God. And any little bit you can do, even like you pointed out earlier, just a dollar a day, anything like that is enough to really turn somebody around. God can do a whole lot, I feel. But look what he did with us. We started out at 99 just sort of a little scared about what we were starting out um, doing, trying to get this radio station going, worrying about the costs, the expenses involved, people we're going to have to hire. It was a dream to have this kind of studio. You know, it was a dream. We're never going to do this. We're (laughs) never going to have it where we can do some live broadcasting. And look where we are. And that was just from um, a very small nest egg. And um, a lot of people with a lot of faith. This is Dale Alquist, president of the American Chesterton Society and host of the EWTN series, The Apostle of Common Sense. You know me for talking about G.K. Chesterton. Well, I'm here to talk to you today about Real Presence Radio, which is one of the great evangelistic tools of our time, a way to help us spread the truth of the Catholic Church in a way to be a blessing to, to our lives in, 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 the, in the car, because that's where we listen to the radio. I ask you to support the radio, and I ask you to listen to it. And, of course, take the time to always read G.K. Chesterton as well. God bless. My name is Larry. I love listening to Real Presence Radio because it helps me reinforce my faith. It helps me to learn how to better answer people that question me regarding my faith. And I want to definitely say thank you for everybody who supports this ministry. Thank you. God bless. listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Yes, welcome back, uh, ladies and gentlemen, to Real Presence Live. We're just so very happy you joined us this morning. Uh, We have a great show going on. We're we're at the tail end of our uh, live show on this uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, my name is Mike Kidrowski. I'm here with my co-host, uh, Amanda Ellerkamp, and we're broadcasting from the Fisher Commons area at Trinity High School in Dickinson, North Dakota, the west part of the Bismarck Diocese. And uh, we're visiting with uh, Father Robert Shea, the pastor of uh, St. Wenceslaus in Dickinson, and he was so kind to, to uh, uh, carve out some time to be with us this morning. And Father Bob, uh, I think uh, the first part of your segment, you have the listener's attention. You, 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 you mentioned that uh, view of the world through the eyes, if, if, if you don't view the world uh, through the eyes of Christian faith, uh, you know, there's a blindness, uh, the importance of uh, denying self and uh, living in fear. Now, uh, okay, so you got, you got my attention and you got the listener's attention. Now, what are some of the good ways we can start seeing the world through the eyes of faith? I think a really important thing is if you're seeing the world through the eyes of faith, you're able to live in a way in which you're grateful. You're living a life of gratitude. 
And that's more than just positive self-thinking. It's when you see things more through God's eyes, you're able to see that everything in your life is a gift. Mm. You're really, truly able to see that. And you're able to see that that's the main thing that you're living is this incredible gift. First of all, that the victory has been won and that we, we as Christian Catholics, we, we hold on to that victory. And your whole life and everything within it is a gift. And even to live in this radical faith where your whole life is just this continuous prayer of Jesus, I trust in you. Even within that, you're able to see that your sufferings and crosses are gifts from God. And that, that's a different way of living because then you're able to live in true gratitude that, wow, I don't deserve any of this in the sense of this is all a gift as opposed to if you're living with that self-pity, um, you have this resentment, which is like, I don't deserve this. I deserve better than this. No, it's a whole different flip of that in which, wow, I don't deserve any of this. Um, this immense gift of this life and the blessings that God has poured upon my life. And you're able, I think, in that way to really be a light. Okay, yes, it's a dark world right now. What does the world need? It needs God's light within it. And to be that light is to live this life of gratitude, and it's the grateful person that's happy. It's the grateful person that's joyful. Not, okay, once I'm happy, then I can be grateful. No, 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 it's the other way around. It's the grateful person who's happy and joyful because they realize the truth of their life. I, as you share that, Father, I keep coming back to, to something you said before the break about as Christians, we're called to be radical, but love radically, have faith radically, trust radically, which again is very counterintuitive to us because of original sin and operating out of this place of recognizing our poverty before um, God instead of having this sense of entitlement. Can you talk a little bit more about what does that, that idea, a, a proper radicalness, if you will, uh, as a Christian, what does that look like, practically speaking? Yeah, I think... It looks like the main way in which I enter into my day and the main way in which I go through my day is realizing that I'm absolutely dependent on God. That, that poverty, and I love that you use the word poverty, that I come before God, even if it's just a very simple um, time of prayer in the morning and say, God, here's what my day is and I need everything from you to be able to live this day um, with gratitude to be able to live it in a way in which I'm able to do your will. And so I think coming before him and just asking him for everything you need, that this is different from someone who says, here's what my day consists in and here's what I need to do today. And um, God, I just need your help every now and then, especially when I get t um, stuck in a tight spot. I don't know if that difference is clear, but... Yeah, so to to depend on God in everything we do instead of allowing him, you mm -hmm. know, we choose to allow when we're, we're going to let God in, That's kinda, it. you know, kind of That's a thing. It. There's a big, big difference there of, uh, knowing that everything I do, yes, I have my agenda. Yes. I have my obligations and my vocation, no, my work no. that I need to get done, but none of that is possible without God's help. Yeah. If you want to, uh, if you want to pray a radical prayer, uh, pray Jesus, show me how much I depend on you. Show me how much I depend on you. And he will, it'll be hard, but he will. And that's a beautiful place to be in and to live in that way. And it comes back to, I like that you had said Monsignor Richter earlier this morning was talking about that 
that way of living in trust, in radical mm-hmm. trust of God. Mm-hmm. And if we're doing that, um, it's allowing God, it's allowing us to receive his grace so much more abundantly that if I come before him saying, I need to be filled completely, I'm able, because of my capacity is opened up now to receive more of his grace and to be that light. And so in living out this sort of counterintuitive, countercultural, radical way that we're called to see and live as Christians, how important is it, Father, do you think, to to be around like-minded people, and how do we go about doing that to bolster ourselves? I think it's very, very important, but, and so it's the Catholic both end, right? Mm -hmm. That you need to have that community. You need to have people who are going to be there to support you so that you don't feel like you're on an island, and so you don't feel like you're isolated. That community and that support is vital, and it nourishes us, and it's, we need that, absolutely. And at the same time, to recognize that we're called to be missionary. We're called to go out. There's a danger in becoming self-focused, even within our Christian Catholic communities, that, you know, St. Augustine's definition of sin is, curvitusin say, becoming caved in on yourself, becoming self-focused. And so, to make sure that we're living our Christian faith with this gift that we have in a way that we desire Yes, to have it strengthened by the community we have, but we want to go bring it to others as well. That this is evangelization. This is this missionary impulse which the church must always have. And so absolutely it's important, but at the same time, we need that impetus to make sure we're always willing to go out in a way that can be vulnerable, in a way that, you know, can can sometimes feel like, you know, I'm afraid of it because it could be the cross, but to go out and to bring that really genuine good news to others. So it reminds me of, of the quote, and I'm forgetting who said it, but we weren't made for comfort, we were made for greatness. That's right. You know, so we need that fellowship, that coming together like we do at Mass, but then at the end of Mass, we're sent forth That's to right. evangelize that, yes, I, I need that fellowship, I need that community that I can fall back on, but I can't stay there. I have to go forward and proclaim the goodness of God and what He's doing in my life to bring that to others. Absolutely. And I think that was Pope Benedict XVI. Thank uh-huh. you. Yes. Thank you. Just to yes. tie it all together here. Yes, beautiful. Well, we have about one more minute uh, left, uh, Father Shea. Any final thoughts or reflections uh, for our audience? I just think uh, back to, you know, St. John Paul II and that truth in the history of the church that in the darkest times mm-hmm. is when God always chooses to bring forth the greatest saints. Mm. And that this is what we're called to be. That this is what we're called to be. And the greatest saints were those who lived in this really radical way, their faith. That they trusted in God in this incredibly, um, they put their whole life on it. And hope that they saw that it was heaven that they were marching toward and that they were living their whole life for. And then they loved in that way. They loved their family in that way and also their enemies in such a way that the world looked at them and they said, there's something different about these Christians, that they live in a different way. And in a world such as ours, that's the light that we need. Yes, we, uh, Father Robert Shea has been our guest, ladies and gentlemen, pastor of St. Wenceslaus Parish in Dickinson, North Dakota. Thank you, Father Shea, for for being with us. And we do have to send it back to the the mothership in Fargo, North Dakota. Therese, our technical director, is standing by. Go ahead, Therese. Thank you, Mike. 
so I just wanted to let everyone know what's coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That'll be tomorrow from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Father Sean Hagerty and Teresa Curley are your hosts, coming to you live from St. Lambert's Parish in Sioux Falls. Matt Adamson will be on to talk about That Man Is You, Mm. and Kim Kovach will talk about how we can live out discipleship in our everyday lives. All that and much more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That's on Wednesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Well, thank you, Therese, and uh, I want to thank my uh, co-host, Amanda Ellerkamp. She's the counselor here at uh, Trinity High School. Amanda, thank you very much. You're awesome. Uh, uh, Now we can call you a veteran (laughs) co-host, and we want you to come back uh, more often, and thank you very much. So... uh, uh, thank you for starting your day with us. And uh, yeah, it was, I, I, it was really fun. It was we had just uh, one great guest after another this morning. So uh, lots of beautiful things shared here this morning. Yeah, we are we are truly blessed. And uh, when I thank uh, Trinity High School, especially the administration and maintenance staff for uh, helping us uh, set up here this morning uh, and uh, bringing our studios into the Fisher Commons area at Trinity High School. It was just a delight to be here. Uh, Always good to see the smiling faces of students. And uh, well, folks, uh, that concludes our show today. Thanks a lot for being with us. Uh, We're going to send it back to to, uh, live uh, EWTN affiliate here. Uh, And... uh, but stay tuned for more great program programming on Real Presence Radio. Women of Grace with Janat Williams is next. God bless you. Stay safe. And we'll see you next time. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live. Local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.